Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I am coming to you hot off the heels of Bayern Munich's embarrassing, disappointing, awful, terrible, frustrating. Did I already say that? I can't even remember at this point. Uh, just overall, just dismantling at the hands of Borussia Mönchengladbach. Final score, 5-0. Bayern was completely undressed and embarrassed. Uh, if we didn't have to worry about licensing concerns, I absolutely would have uh, queued up Misery by Soul Asylum and uh, made that the opening song to this podcast because, wow, it was brutal. It's doubly brutal because I had to actually live tweet that match which was painful because it was so obvious from the beginning that Bayern Munich was not prepared to play. They were slow. They were lethargic. They just did not look into it. And Borussia Mönchengladbach was just buzzing from the outset. Uh, you really can't say anything positive about Bayern nor anything negative about Gladbach. I thought that from the outset, it was no contest and uh, I guess to kick things off, we should probably just break down uh, how everything happened. So those of you who didn't have the thoroughly enjoyable experience of watching that match, uh, you can get the breakdown of how things went. And let me tell you, uh, you should be happy that you did not waste your time on that one. So in the second minute, we all kind of knew this was uh, this was not going to be good. Uh, Quadio Kone for Gladbach. Uh, just took advantage of some shoddy defending by Bayern Munich, which would be the theme of the day, uh, to put Gladbach up 1-0. <clears throat> but it got worse uh, from there. Rami Bensibayani uh, actually put together two consecutive goals with one in the 15th and then uh, absolutely uh, was fouled by Luca Hernandez, who... Um, I don't know if his focus was off in this one, but was, he was pretty terrible uh, throughout the match. Uh, he fouled Bensabayani for a penalty, and, or I'm sorry, uh, he picked up a foul and Bensabayani actually converted the penalty. So that put Glad back up 3-0 in the 21st minute, and it was uh, a rout from there. Uh, at that point, uh, Bayern Munich, I would like to say that they rallied and kind of got back into the match, but they didn't. They just survived and didn't let up any goals for the rest of the first half. Uh, just an abysmal performance in the first half from the back line. Uh, the most uh, glaring offenders uh, were Upamakano and Hernandez, and we will get to them in a bit. But let's just get through the rest of the scoring here. Uh, Briel Mbolo, who is a player that I remember Marcus Iredell, who has touted over the years, uh, had uh, just a bullying performance against the Bayern back line in the second half. His first goal was just absolutely taking advantage of Upamakano, whose head was not in the game at all. I'd like to know where it was, but it was not uh, in that match at Borussia Park. Uh, he just got completely bullied on it, and Bolo just gave him all he could handle and took his lunch money. And then later, uh, once Nicholas Sula came on, uh, it did not take him long to fall victim to the plague that was going on uh, among the backliners as Sula and Benjamin Pavar, who 
was somehow the best Byron defender in the first half, but uh, quickly uh, decided to uh, kind of go back with the suck group uh, and put himself in that category. Uh, there was a miscommunication there, and Mbolo took advantage, uh, found his way between Sula and Pavar, and uh, put another shot in the net. That was the 57th minute. That ended the scoring. I will tell you that it was about as disappointing an effort as uh, I can recall seeing from Bayern Munich in recent memory. Uh, I don't know how anyone could watch that and (laughs) come away feeling good about anything, uh, especially the back line. So listen, we'll get this out of the way first. It's a poke hall game. It's in the middle of what has been a torturous stretch of games. Bayern looked tired. They looked weary. I'm not going to overreact and say, you know, let's fire Nagelsmann or that the lineup needs to be completely changed or this needs to happen or so-and-so needs to be, be sold. No, this was just a bad game. It was a bad game on a lot of levels. It was embarrassing, uh, but it's not something that's going to ruin the season. Uh, what I will say, though, is if Nagelsmann does not get a handle on rotating his players better, he's going to suffer more of these types of games because they look slow. Thomas Muller looks slow. Joshua Kimmich looks slow. Robert Lewandowski, while he was fighting, was not himself. Serge Gnabry looked off. Leroy Sané looked off. It, it wasn't just that the back line was terrible, which they were. Nobody looked good. It was awful. So um, I, I don't want to overreact. I, I think this is one of those games that we tend to see from time to time. It was just far more embarrassing than usual because of the score line. But let's get to the back line. And we'll just go right across from left to right and, and just break down how things happened. Uh, Alfonso Davies was not good. Uh, you could tell early on, he didn't look like himself. He looked flustered, was making mistakes, uh, just not good overall from Davies. And I know there's a contingent of people that think it's, you know, you totally cannot criticize Davies for anything, but he was bad today. Just admitted he was bad and it's fine. I'm sure he'll bounce back. It's okay. Players have bad games. Uh, Luca Hernandez, another one was just bad today. He was terrible. One of the worst games that he's played. And it's tough to say how much the off the field, uh, I guess, situation he was in regarding the potential jail time in Spain might have played a part in him not being focused. Now, obviously, he found out earlier today that uh, he would not be doing any hard time in the pokey, but it doesn't matter when you're going through that and you start to think about that. And it's a possibility. I'm sure it does wear on you. So I don't know that starting him was uh, the best idea, but Byron did anyway. And they paid the price because Hernandez again, turned in a pretty awful performance, but the uh, most glaring (laughs) and brutal defender on the day was Dio Upamakano, who not only got bullied by several members of Gladbach's front line, but was positionally a mess, made horrible decisions on the ball. Then he started to take stupid fouls and was almost asking to get a red card. It was very clear in the second half that he didn't care anymore at that point, and he was just going to come out and foul people hard because he was frustrated. And picked up a quick yellow, probably could have been given another one before he was taken out of the game. Uh, Just not good from him. Where I will say this is concerning with... Upamakano is he has been bullied uh, by big strikers and Mbolo fit that mold. Erling Haaland 
completely embarrassed with Meccano last season. Um, this is not good for him. And, and I'll be honest, I've been one of these people who have been touting Sula the whole season as Byron's best defender. And I think I would still say that even after this game. I've seen some cracks in Upa Meccano's game, and it's not to say that he's a bad defender because he's not. It's not to say that he's not ready to play at a club like Byron because he is. Is he one of their top two defenders? I don't think so at this point. I'm not saying that as an overreaction. I've been pretty consistent with this all season. I think Sula and Hernandez have been the best two. Upa Meccano has been decent. He's been good at times, uh, but he's also had some god-awful performances. So, uh, you know, that's something you could debate back and forth who the best two center backs are. But I'm a little worried that Sula's contract situation is now playing a role in him getting selected because I did not anticipate him not being on the field for this match. It was disappointing, and I think it set a bad tone. Um, so, yeah, Upa Makano was terrible. Uh, Benjamin Pavar was okay. He was the best of the lot in the first half, but then his performance fell off in the second half. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he'll take it probably worse than anyone because he's got more haters than anybody along that back line. Uh, so things will not be fun for Benjamin Pavar on social media, I'm sure. As far as the players that came in, Nicholas Sula was, he was good, I guess, but it's hard to really even quantify that because, I mean, Gladback was clearly not pressuring and attacking as much as they were when they were building up that five nil lead. He was, uh, he did play a part in that, that goal. And uh, Bolo's, I guess that was his fifth goal uh, or I'm sorry, his second goal, but Gladback's fifth of the match. Uh, I didn't like the communication there between Sula and Pavar. Uh, I don't know if, what Neuer's perspective would have, would have been if he was directing traffic, if they were just spatially a mess, but either way, they both needed to do better on that. Um, so it wasn't great. Josip Stanisic also came on and, he was okay at best. Uh, like I said, it was really hard to really say anybody from Bayern Munich was good on the day. It's one of those rare matches where everybody was pretty terrible. The best player was probably Neuer, who got lit up for five goals. Uh, and it would be you'd be hard pressed to say he really could have done anything uh, on any of them based on the situations that he was in. So that was the defense in a nutshell. Uh, other than that, how was the play, Miss Lincoln? Uh, the offense was confused and frustrated. They never could get on track. Thomas Muller just looked slow. And I've been a little worried about Muller. I've been a little worried about Lewandowski and a little worried about Kimmich because they have not been rested. I think if you want to pick out a major flaw in Nagelsmann's coaching so far, and there aren't many, really there aren't, any aside of this is that he has not rotated those players as much. Now Lewandowski was not going to, I mean, the man's a robot and Chupo was injured. So we were always going to see Lewandowski. We were always going to see Muller and we were always going to see Kimmich in this game. But why did we see so much of them uh, against Hoffenheim? And that's, that's where I have an issue. Um, I understand that Kimmich is, is likely to freak out the second he comes off the field and coaches don't want to deal with that headache, but He's running himself into the ground. Thomas Muller is running himself into the ground, and he's advancing in age. There is no reason we couldn't have seen Jamal Musiala against Hoffenheim for an extended period. There's no reason we couldn't have even dug deep into the bench 
and use anybody in those spots just to get any of those three players some extra rest. I'm really disappointed in the way Byron has handled those three players, especially uh, Leon Goretzka. Uh, he was okay, but he also looked like he picked up a minor knock. We'll see if it's anything serious or not, but Goretzka, he, you know, I, I don't know that he was even back to being 100%. He didn't really look like himself either. But again, it's tough to tell because nobody looked like themselves. They were terrible in this match. Uh, my biggest thing and, and the biggest concern I have is how does a team that talented come out so flat? I mean, it wasn't just that they fell behind early. They looked like they had no answer for anything. They got beat to every ball. Physically, they were getting bullied and beat up. Uh, they looked slow, and as many of the people on Twitter noted, it was just everyone looked out of it. They were slow and lethargic and just didn't seem like they cared. Now, it doesn't mean they weren't frustrated, but it didn't look like anybody was taking any accountability. They were just flat, and that was disappointing to see. You, you like to, to, to see teams always at least be prepared. You know they're going to lose games, but to come out so flat, and what everyone knew was going to be a difficult match, it's disappointing. There's no other word for it. And whether that's a lack of uh, Nagelsmann being around the team lately, whether it's just te the, the team being tired, I, I don't know. But they need to sort it out. And they need to fix it. Um, you know, and it was just another one of those games where everybody's got a game plan. Everybody has an idea of what they want to do until you get punched in the face. And I believe it was Mike Tyson that, that said that so eloquently at some point, but, and that, that's what happened today. Munch and Gladbach came out and they punched Byron in the face early. Byron stumbled, they got knocked down and then they got up and they just took a beating and they might not have went down too often after that, but this was a one-sided affair uh power punches jabs whatever byron took them all and didn't offer up anything in return super disappointing but it's time now for us to bury this game i don't know whether we bury it in the ground in the trash can anything uh it just needs to be forgotten about because there's really nothing you can learn from this you can look at the tape and you can show dio upamakano how he was positionally a mess, how he did not use his body effectively, how he did not, or how he did rush his decisions when he was on the ball. You can show him all of that. But from a team perspective, there's nothing to be gained from watching this. This is just, it was embarrassing. I'm sure the players are embarrassed. I'm sure the club is embarrassed. The coaching staff is probably dreading having to read the German media after this match. So it's just time for everybody to, to bury it. And that's about all you can do after something like this. Uh, <laughs> I personally am like, I'm at the point of amusement with it all because it was so, it wasn't even infuriating. It was just debilitating. You just watched it and you knew right away they had nothing to offer Gladback on the day. And Gladback was about as fired up as you could possibly ever see them. They looked like this was their Champions League final, and maybe it was. Maybe this was their biggest match of the year. Uh, but they came out and they seized it, and something it's something that Bayern Munich couldn't do. And it's disappointing because over the course of a season, if you hope to win the Champions League, if you hope to win the Bundesliga, you're going to have to dig deep and battle in games like this. And while you might not lose 5-0 in a game like this, maybe you lose 2-1, 3-1, something, 
you have some fight. The fact that Byron didn't have any fight in this game is what I think will disappoint most fans. It's what will disappoint, I know, me uh, personally. So uh, I'd like to see them come out with a little more heart in the next game, a little more vigor. This was not a team that was buzzing. This was not a team that was always looking to attack. This was a team that was flat, and they need to figure out a way to shake the doldrums to get back on track. So thanks for listening as we covered such a a really just an abysmal match. Uh, I would like to give I Need No Name. Uh, I don't want to give him a shout-out on this because it was (laughs) kind of ridiculous, but he predicted – uh, Gladback winning this match 5-0, which somehow I don't even, I can't even comprehend how his uh, kind of just uh, the way he thinks, how he even came up with that. But I'm going to point the finger at Samron because not only did she not talk him off the ledge, she didn't offer up her own prediction. So she uh, put some bad juju on this game by not offering up her own prediction because she was scared to jinx it. But instead, she let his prediction stand. So those two uh, not happy with either of them right now, though I did have a blast listening to their flagship show and their preview show. So uh, we may have to examine that partnership. Uh, that is like an evil empire in the making for barn losses. We might have to think about that one. But anyway, check out our site. We will have all the post game coverage with our observations, initial analysis, awards, and of course, this podcast. You can stay up to date on all of the all of the news surrounding Bayern Munich and Germany on BavarianFootballWorks.com. You can follow me on Twitter at the Barrel Blog. You can get our site at Bavarian FB Works. You can get Jake at Jefferson Fenner. You can get Tom at Tommy Adams seventy one. You can get I Need No Name, uh, the Wizard, who looking into his crystal ball at BFWINNN, and uh, that will about do it for us. Uh, thanks for listening. I'll see you on the site.